Welcome to the Tributes.com interview series. My name is Robin Heppel from FuneralGurus.com. Tributes.com provides local and national obituary news and personal tributes. On the line with me today, I have David Kessler, who is the loss and grieving expert for Tributes.com, and he is also the co-author of Grief and Grieving with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Welcome, David. Glad to be with you. And also on the line with us, is John Heald, and John is the Vice President of Business Development for Tributes.com. Welcome, John. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Good being here. And now, uh, today's topic, we're actually going to be talking about uh, grieving online and how grief has changed, especially with um, the adoption of the Internet. And uh, David, maybe just uh, starting out with you, you've obviously have the most experience here with uh, loss and grief and and could you maybe just enlighten us on on how you've seen grief change over the last 10 or 15 years or maybe not um, how grief has changed but how people are, are coping with grief with the internet sure I think that one of the things that has been around since the beginning of time is um, uh, Grief is, is uh, you know, a situation and feelings where we want to connect with others. And, you know, years ago and decades ago, we would connect in the town square or the town hall. Everyone would know each other. When death came to our home, it would literally come to our home because we would die in our home and our relatives would be in our home and our family would be there grieving with us. And that was our support system. Well, these days, our families don't live in our home anymore. They don't live around the corner. In fact, most of us have families that are states away. So how do we connect around these things? And for me, the new town hall, the new gathering place, is the Internet. And, now, David, do you see if, is it any in particular type of, um, of tool or websites or portals? Like, are they, are they having conversations in forums or... Is that is it just depending on, on where they have their own online community? Well, I think the Internet works on so many different levels. First of all, I think that, you know, I always say grief is as unique as our fingerprints. So we all grieve very differently. And the web offers us that, that we can grieve in our own way without judgment. Uh, you know, up till now, we've had... Uh, private counseling, which is wonderful. We've had uh, bereavement groups, which are great. But, you know, your bereavement group is maybe Monday night and um, your counselor is on Friday, and that's if you choose to go those routes. For many people, they just want to talk with friends and they don't want any outside assistance and maybe aren't group people. Well, here you have the web coming onto the scene, and this is a place where at 3 a.m., if you need to connect, you can connect with someone. If your family doesn't understand why you're still feeling enormous grief, there's someone else out there who understands it. In fact, the whole world has become our town and our neighbors. And I think that's one of the beauties of this. And in and, and grief, we want to externalize our feelings, and it's a very safe way to do that. John, what have you seen as um, people have you've been with the with tributes.com and and how how people are using um, sites like like yours or even maybe even sites like 
Facebook and MySpace. Yeah, no, I think uh, David has, has summarized what's happening and, and what is actually occurring in the transformation of people looking online virtually for everything, and, and grief is no different. So the fact that the Internet provides this portal for people to be able to connect with one another at any hour of the day, on any day of the year, provides them with a, a new but very powerful resource. I think the challenge is, is that, you know, like death, loss and grieving is an extremely sensitive issue, and it's got to be handled properly and in the right environment. And, and to be able to have, have an expert like David Kessler or the like available, I think, is a, is a powerful resource. But it's just amazing in the time that I've really been, you know, keeping a pulse on the Internet myself to watch what happens on the Internet when someone either of a notable status passes away, and that could be someone, I mean, unfortunately, for example, just what happened in the past uh, two months ago when Jet Travolta died. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be someone of the national notable status. It can be uh, a young child uh, that was killed tragically in an accident. But what we do see what happens is that people flock to the Internet, and they go there to get information to learn more, to become educated, but also to find different ways in which they can pay respect and to let their family and, and those friends know that they're in their thoughts and prayers, whether they actually knew them or not. And I think that that is one of the powerful tools that allows people uh, to be able to connect with one another. Uh, you know, we see national tragedies such as, uh, you know, the Mississippi Bridge, Virginia Tech, and to your comment there, Robin, about uh, social networking sites, people go where they know. And right now they go to Facebook, which is this own phenomenon, but they're learning about people's passings and they're, they're going there and keeping pages alive six months, a year after the person's actually passed on for the fact that that's who they were and that's how they connected with them. So it does provide a, a very important medium to be able to do that and, and to be able to do it uh, with the click of a button is, is, I think, very powerful because people, as David pointed out, may not be able to make that Monday night uh, support group. So provided in the right form, in the right environment, uh, loss and grieving online is, is an extremely powerful outlet in which it needs to be uh, brought to those people who are looking for it. And it's That's interesting, as John mentions, that public grief is a very interesting phenomenon that uh, it touches some and doesn't touch others. There's there's always a, a tension that I see in the workplace and just out in society between those who are enormously touched when a Princess Diana dies or um, John Travolta's son, and they want to talk about it. They want to connect with other people who are like, but you didn't know them, or why do you care? And we forget with television and with all the new mediums we have that the person who comes into our living room every week on a TV show actually does become someone we know. So public grief is something that's valid and people feel strongly about and and they do turn to something like the internet to connect with other people who are just as in pain about a loss of a person they didn't know but they want to pay tributes to somehow. That they want to let that family know or connect with others and saying this is sad for me also. David, building off of that, from, from what I've seen with uh, Facebook and even funeral homes that have their own obituaries online and then the number of people that leave condolences for those obituaries, uh, 
in the for the person who's for the family member, it seems to be a lot more two way. Where sure they would receive some greeting cards and people would come to the services, but now it seems to be so much easier for them to to just see the um, the wealth of people out there, the number of people that are just just those simple lines that you see on 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 Facebook. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad or. Or maybe it's more of a, a longer um, story that they've left on the uh, on the funeral homes website. Is have you noticed anything or dealing with with people? Have they mentioned how this more of a two way interaction through the uh, through the website or through the internet has helped in their grief? Absolutely. I think that. Um when you look at grief, grief is our ex grief is our internal feelings. You know, no one can see my grief. However, they can see how I externalize it by how I mourn. And people, when they see those things, when they see the things that everyone has written, they know it's powerful, but often have trouble articulating why. And it really comes down to. We want to show people and let them know in our grief how much this person mattered to us. And there's an interesting thing that happens with grief, and it's always gone on since the beginning of time, and that's that grief needs to be witnessed. We need people to know our loved one, their life mattered incredibly, uh, made a huge difference to the, to the people around them, and they were an incredible person. And so when you look at the tributes that happen, people get to see that not only does this person touch lives during their life, but they touch souls even after they've died. And the grief gets to be witnessed in a whole new way that's even more powerful than people ever imagined. Yeah, and it's it's just amazing. And people, I've, I've been at, uh, uh, at, the, at the funeral home where... Uh, at that funeral home's practice, they would actually take all of the condolences that were left online and uh, copy them and, and print them off on cards and then handing them over to the to the family a f few days after the service. And they they just, the, especially the older people, couldn't actually believe, they, well, where did all these come from? And so you kind of explain how it all worked where, um, you know, people go on the website and leave a little note and, and then, you know, they just get lost in in flipping through them and, and it's something that is uh, has we've really seen over the last three or four years, and um, now almost becoming commonplace where families are are coming back and they're they not that they expect it, but they they want to have the obituary notice on the website as soon as possible because they know that that this actually starts to happen for them kind of right away, and it's it's kind of changed things a little bit. In, in, the, in getting the word out, but also them kind of hearing back from people as well. Well, and our lives are complex, and who we are um, is so many pieces of an intricate puzzle that, you know, the most we used to have is that card from the coworker or maybe the coworker walking up to the wife and saying, uh, I knew your husband, and, you know, they were a great coworker. I mean, now... That person who was the coworker that maybe you didn't even know can really talk about what your loved one was like at work and, and how when they walked in, the whole office smiled and, 
you know, a favorite memory and, and someone else can talk about them on the bowling league and someone else can talk about them in a whole other area that you really begin to reflect a whole life. And I think that's what we want to know is that our loved one's whole life and who they are gets reflected in a way that's controlled. And, you know, in obituaries, you're so limited by the space and how much you can talk about someone. And at my lectures, when I've showed tributes.com to participants, they love the idea that it enables families to really reflect all that their loved one was. And if they want videos, they can do videos. And if they want to tell stories, they can. That it, It's not limited. And that's the beauty of the web. John, do you have uh, anything to yeah, add? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the one of the best things that funeral homes as a in this profession have been able to do is to is to obviously have a, a website for their local funeral home, but then obviously have an obituary component to it because I, I can't you know count how many times I've heard uh, of people telling me that had they known when someone passed away, they would have liked to have been able to do something. And to David's point about the obituary really living. Uh, in the newspaper for the most part and traditionally being limited now because of cost and deadlines and so forth, the online obituary locally at the funeral home's website allows uh, visitors to come and engage um, at any time from anywhere, but f even for, for six months after the death. And, and, and there's that time when you learn about someone who's passed away that may or may not have been as, uh, you know, close in that person's life at that time, but the fact that they've got a place to now go back to and, and learn a little bit more that about that person that's passed away, but to be able to leave a condolence, to let the family know that they've just learned, but you can just imagine the family when they come back and they see a condolence left uh, on the online guest book from, from someone that was important to that decedent person in the past. So very powerful and one of the best tools I've seen funeral homes really engage with, but uh, again, not limiting because of what uh, a one-day print notice might, might happen. For sure. Guys, I'd like to just um, change gears here a little bit and because um, with the internet, it um, sometimes the, the boundaries kind of dissolve or, or aren't as high. And what about um, kind of etiquette you know, David, maybe if you could share some etiquette on on when if you if you're the person who sees that uh, a friend of yours has lost a parent or a spouse, and um, what are are there virtual boundaries that you um, you know that you shouldn't cross? And and to a point, maybe then I'll get John to to maybe mention if he's actually seen things that were. Um, where people may may have crossed the line, and, and how do we deal with that as professionals within the industry? Well, I think for me there's a couple of things. I usually tell people that say what you would say if you were at the memorial. You know, the Internet's not a place to um, uh, say something that is private, that obviously you have to recognize it is the World Wide Web. And, uh, you know, if you wouldn't want everyone to know, then you probably shouldn't say it there. And just some basic etiquette that, uh, you know, I, I say treat it as if you are walking into memorial or walking into a room and, you know, all the, the etiquette of politeness and all that is just as much there. I think one of the um, uh, downsides is that 
And I love that something like Tributes has mechanisms to safeguard this, but there's other public websites that I've seen that i got to say, you know, it's unfortunate that people's meaner streak may have come out, Mm -hmm. and it becomes a public forum to criticize people. And uh, I think that, you know, this can bring, I mean, grief has always been something that can bring out our best and our worst. And I guess I'm a little bit old-fashioned, and I kind of feel like if you don't have something to say good about the person, don't say anything at all. Uh, so that's an interesting phenomenon, but, you know, I really respect that Tributes has control and the family have control, that things like that can't happen there. John, would you like to add anything about that? From um, Yeah, or- I mean, I, 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 it's a great question, Rob, because the Internet does allow for things that sometimes can be... Um, you know, taken out of control or out of context. But the the fact of the matter is, is that, as David pointed out, you know, say what you were to say if you were actually at the memorial or physically present. But, um, you know, that that in place, I guess we selfishly do have something in place that if there were something negative or something that we would not want to have publicly seen, uh, then then that obviously is the case that we, it won't go public, that it will be viewed uh, prior to so that we can remove it uh, as abuse. But I think um, just the ability, you know, the, the first part of your question is, the, you know, etiquette and what do you say, and that's that's the hard part because, you know, I, myself having been in funeral service, I always get the question when someone has to go to a wake, what do I say or what am I supposed to do? So I think being able to have... Um, this resource out there and that you can find, you know, if you didn't know what to say or, or what you should do, that there's a resource out there that can help you at a bare minimum, but it does just allow you to put that content up there in the way that you would want to have it to very basically say that you're in my thoughts and you're in my prayers. So, it, because w- without without that, but also without the security and the protection, then it becomes a dangerous tool. But but we're here today because it's a powerful tool. But um, unfortunately, that's just the nature of the Internet. And, Robin, your question uh, reflects a need to know also by people who want to make sure they do the right thing. And I think that's why one of the first things that we did put up as content in the grief and loss area is the 10 best things to say to someone in grief and the 10 worst things to help people kind of have some guidelines on what people in grief have told us that supported them and made them feel uh, that the person really cared and what didn't support them and, you know, uh, was read the wrong way so that people have some guidelines. And I think also to release people from that pressure of you have to find the right words. It's not the right words that matter. It's that you took the time and said you cared. Exactly. One, one thing that I found... As, as a funeral director and um, and you know here now we have these great resources online uh, and and you say it's a, a tragic death of someone maybe un, uh, 30 years or younger and you're you're with the parents who are probably in their 50s or their 60s and explaining to them uh, that um, I and I guess, David, what I'm looking for is maybe just some suggestions to the funeral directors who are listening, how they can maybe uh, suggest to the families who um, of of the or the parents of the, the the wealth of maybe 
strength or support that they're going to receive from these online profiles and online online websites but but also especially maybe I'm more thinking of MySpace in this case where they're going to probably learn some some things about their their children that um that they didn't know or they it may not be the best time um for them to see some of the inappropriate photographs or or language that that can be used in in those profiles do you have any suggestions on how to um i guess play that well i think by helping them understand that it is displayed in tributes in a very dignified manner that's within their control and to also talk about some of the positive aspects that so many people come away from a memorial going you know i was just going through the motions people were saying things to me i wish i could remember everything the idea that they can go back later and read what people said or hear a story and and really take in those memories at their own pace i think to me uh resonates with people in their 50s and 60s that idea of it not being crammed into this one week of grief where everything is said and done that they can keep revisiting it they can things can be added anew there's interactions that there's a a place that is safe for them whereas some of those other places may not feel quite as safe okay that's great let's um just before we wrap things up Let's talk a little bit about the um, the grief and loss section on the on the tributes dot com site because uh, David, I've just before we we started chatting today, I was reading through some of the the questions that people submit to you for you to answer and to help them help them out and um, maybe just talk about the, that resource and how people can can use that resource. Well, if you don't mind, David, I'll give the the, the background too. Sure, go ahead. Where, where where you technically own it, I'd love to have you uh, add some comment to that. But I think, Rob, when we when we really got tributes.com going, we wanted to involve a social. Uh, we wanted to involve an aspect of social networking, but we wanted to do it in a very tasteful and sensitive way. And loss and grieving is is not only one of the most important subject matters uh, related to our site when someone passes away, but we wanted to give uh, the visitors to our site, different ways in which they could engage to get very good content information around loss and grieving. So working with David Kessler and his background uh, in loss and grieving in that whole field, uh, David can provide not only the content from the books that he's co-authored with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, but, but also some, some great articles and, and periodicals that he's just developed through his uh, time within the, within the profession. But to take that to the next level, to be able to have our users who come to the site ask questions and for us to be able to field those and give them to David uh, on a regular basis in which he can provide some feedback, I think just takes uh, that, le- that section of our site, Loss and Grieving, really to the next level. But I think the last kind of core component of that is that should someone actually want to come and join a group, they have the ability to do such, and they come and they can register so that they can join a group that says death of a spouse. And I don't need to tell you what that is, but it's the ability for also for the user to come in and interact with someone who either is going through that process or maybe has gone through it and can shed you know, some, some light as to how they got through that. Or loss of a pet, 
loss of a child. So it just takes another uh, level within our site for people who are really at a site for everything obituary related uh, to, to explore the loss and grieving with David's guidance and expertise. Great, and certainly, Go ahead, David. And certainly from my perspective, when I receive a question, I, I love that people took the time to write, and I, I look at that question and I think for every question that comes in probably represents a hundred people that wanted to know about this question. So I make sure that I do my best to specifically answer that person's question, but also try to make it a bit broader for everyone who might be wondering about the concept behind that. You know, some of the the things that come up is someone may ask a specific question about their loved one, but what's underneath it is perhaps they're feeling a pressure to move on with their grief, that those around them are saying enough is enough. And, you know, so I try to address that person, but then look at that underlying feeling that we get from our society about, uh, you know, you've got three days for bereavement, take them, and your grief's making us uncomfortable, so feel it and be done. And how do people who are in grief react to that? So I think, you know, it's a wonderful way to interact with people and to hear what's going on in um, their own journey of grieving. And I think it helps us keep, the, you know, our finger on the pulse of uh, how people are experiencing loss in the world today. Exactly. That's uh, that's great, and it is just a, a great resource. And and I'm sure uh, you can just get lost in in looking at that. And I'm sure it's as you said, it's helping. Uh, once people find the site, they can go and, and start reading those, and and they'll probably start feeling some emotions come up because they'll be re reflecting on their own on their own grief. But um, it uh, sure is a great resource to be able to to have have that and have people grieving virtually, I guess, together, though. Well, and I often think about, you know, without something like this, we're our own little islands of grief. And here's a way from, you know, the privacy of our room anytime, day or night, that we can connect. Um, and I love that it's, you know, given me the opportunity to put information up there that's helpful to people that, you know, for instance, Kubler-Ross, my um, co-author and friend for many years and teacher, you know, wrote the five stages of grief that have been so misunderstood that so many people turn to those for answers and, you know, able to put up articles about that and about public grief and how to cope with the holidays. And certainly a lot of people turn to frequently ask questions about grief and grieving. Just the platform for me to put so much information out there for people who, you know, may not be able to buy the book or may not be able to get to the library and to just know that resource is there and free and available to look up all those articles. Oh, that's great. Now, before uh, I let you guys go, um, any, last, any last comments about uh, virtual grieving and what, um, and what Tributes has to offer? Well, I guess I would would add, you know, given just what we're seeing with uh, with where the internet has has come, not only within the past, you know, let's just say five years, but where we know it's going to go, uh, people are going to the internet to look for everything, and we shouldn't expect that they're not going to go to the internet to look for grief. We we see that it that it's happening actually more often than we actually may have imagined. You know, when I kind of describe the whole national tragedies and that people go to where they are comfortable with and 
and good or bad, they're going to the Internet. So uh, it's an important tool for funeral directors to be able to embrace, and whether they do it through a partnership with a, with a local grief expert or they, they do something with a national uh, outlet like Tributes.com and, and David Kessler, the, the goal here is to be able to provide this resource not only to the families that they're serving on a, on a regular daily basis, day-to-day, uh, -day, but maybe from the family's past. And, and to your comment, Rob, that you know, grief comes to people at all different times, and it may come a year later. It may come two years later. But when it does, we as, as funeral directors in the funeral profession want, them, want to provide them with a resource to go and get that. And we can do it, obviously, at the Funeral Home website, but obviously uh, at Tributes.com as well. So uh, I just think it's a, it's a huge opportunity that we don't want to miss, and we just want to do it in the most professional, appropriate, sensitive manner. And I think that what we've put together here with, with David Kessler certainly addresses those concerns and needs. And sure. I think for me, it, it is not only a new frontier and new opportunities and a new way to express our grief, but it really actually provides some answers to some situations and conflicts we haven't been able to address. You know, when you're grieving at 3 a.m., um, I get many calls from schools who have the dilemma that um, one of their students died suddenly and the parents want to put up memorials and the school has to be faced with the decision of, you know, telling the parents, gosh, you have no idea how many kids have died over the years and the place would just be full of memorials and how do we recognize what your child meant to you and meant to us without changing what the school is. And that also happens in the workplace. How do we memorialize and give tribute to someone who has died in the workplace without changing the atmosphere to everyone? Well, tributes.com, the Internet, it's a new way to, to really give an answer to that question, that here's a place that you can put up a wonderful tribute to someone at work, to someone in a high school that everyone can join in and be a part of, you know, is for those who want to visit and those who didn't connect or didn't really have a need to express themselves or know that particular person at work or that student aren't kind of forced to be in there with everyone. And I also think about what John said about our loved ones in the future. And, you know, with my own mother passing away and I think about my kids, if I want to tell my kids now who my mother was, I can, I, you know, I can share a story. I can yank out an old photo album, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a hassle. It's black and white pictures. It's a lot of old memories that, that mean so much to me, but it's really hard to get them to relate it. Imagine for my children to go to an Internet site and me being able to show, here's a video of who my mother was. Here's photos of who my mother was. What a great gift for future generations. So I think, you know, some of the questions it answers are things like, how do we keep our loved ones alive in our heart? Well, we keep our loved ones alive in our heart by remembering them together. And the Internet and Tributes.com is a great place to do that. I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just amazing. And, and there's so much uh, yet to unfold in front of our eyes. It'll be uh, quite interesting in the years to come. Well, uh, both David and John, I've really appreciated this. I'm sure uh, for those of you who are listening will appreciate this insight too of 
of how people grieve online and um, and also where people can grieve online and, and get some of that extra support and some questions answered. Uh, for more information about David, uh, you can visit the uh, loss and grief section at tributes.com or send him an email at david.kessler at tributes.com or feel free to go to the website and, and leave a question there. And also John can be contacted too uh, through tributes.com at john at tributes.com. Check back off into the site for more interviews and uh, please feel free to leave questions whether about grief or even just death, funerals, cremation, or even some of the trends that are happening in funeral service. And uh, if you don't feel comfortable about leaving them on the website, feel free to ask your local funeral director. On behalf of David Kessler and John Heald, this is Robin Heppel for Tributes.com Interview Series. Tributes.com, because every life has a story.